0: As someone who struggled at times with high-functioning anxiety, I've often wondered what makes a difference to my day. Is it exercise at dawn, a sense of control over my workload, the way I view the world as good or bad, or a range of nuanced mental and physical factors that can either alleviate or accelerate my condition? Through her media career and social media posts, I've found some great wisdom from today's guest, Sophie Scott. She teaches people around the world how to prevent and manage burnout, reduce stress, and communicate with impact. In addition to her long career as an award-winning medical TV journalist for the ABC, she's a professional speaker and educator with an expertise in mental health. She has an extensive presence on social media and has been invited to speak at the World Congress on Positive Psychology, has written two books and has won major awards for her journalism and medical reporting. She's an advisory board member for the Australian National Mental Health Prize and sits on the advisory board on stigma at Australia's National Mental Health Commission and the University of Melbourne's Contemplative Studies Centre. Sophie is also Associate Professor at the Notre Dame University Medical School Lecturing in Science Communication and an Ambassador for Bowel Cancer Australia, Pain Australia, and is a patient reviewer for the British Medical Journal. Her talks and workshops help people take better care of their mental health through science-backed techniques so they can build emotional resilience, maximise their potential and thrive at work and at home. Sophie's mission is to help people help themselves using evidence-based science and her own personal journey. And here today we discuss the politics of mindset. Welcome to the Politics of Everything, Sophie.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. Podcasting remotely
0: can be challenging but it doesn't have to be. Since day one of the politics of everything, I have relied on Zencaster's all-in-one solution to make the process quick and painless the way it should be for those of us who just love great content and want to get our ideas out into the world. If you know me, I'm obsessed with quality in terms of my guests, my sound and everything about my show has to be great the first time. I'm Time Paul. It's so easy to use Zencaster. I'm not tech savvy and you don't need to be either. There's nothing to download. Just click on the link and off we go. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy. And with everything from local recording to automate post productions now in their toolkit, you don't have to leave your browser to get that episode done and done fast. I have a special offer for you and I hopefully you can experience what I have with Zencaster. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my VIP code, the politics of everything, all lowercase in one word, to get 30% off your first three months of Zencaster Professional. How good is that? I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. It's such a big topic and I can't wait to get into it. But before I do, I wanted to ask you what you wanted to be as a kid. Did you think you'd be in that medical world or did you have some other early career ambitions?
1: So, look, that is such a great question. And, uh, no, being involved with medicine and science was the absolutely last thing I would have wanted to do when I was a kid. Um, And even in in high school, like my two great things that I loved, um, I loved being creative, so I loved writing. And um, I was also really interested in, you know, human behaviour, what makes people tick and why people do the things that they do. And I wasn't really particularly interested in, in, in health and science. And I didn't even do science for the HSC at all. Wow. So, that, that's
0: crazy though, because a lot of people, they can actually join the dots and say, well, actually, I always loved maths and therefore I became an accountant. Or, you know, right. for me, I was really good at literary writing and also love public speaking and debating. So I worked as a journalist. So I think it's interesting when you sort of have, you know, a different experience as a kid and then you kind of come full bloom later.
1: It's so interesting. But I think what what happens is sometimes it, all the dots just sort of get joined for you and and, and you realise why you might have been interested in certain things as a kid, even if at the time you, you didn't realise, you know, the significance. And for me, it was the the creativity part was, you know, or the self-expression part was something that I loved. So being able to you know have an outlet for writing so I really wanted to do that more than anything Um, and but I was interested in psychology and and you know how the mind works and so for me first of all first my my greater interest though was in having a creative a way of having creative expression And so I wanted to be a writer I wanted to be a journalist so I really wanted to be a newspaper reporter which I was and then but The interesting thing now, Amber, is like all these years later, now I'm doing much more in the mental health space. So I've sort of come full circle from sort of wanting those two things as a kid to now having done one career for a long time. Now I'm focused on the next part, which is really looking at sort of mental health and mindset and other things. So, yeah, I guess but both those passions of mine I've been able to find a, a place for in my life.
0: The term mindset is commonly used interchangeably with our personal self-belief, so our attitude, or even our overall sense of positivity. How do you define mindset, and is there kind of an example that brings that to life so we can kind of get a clear idea of what we're talking about today?
1: Yes, yeah, so for me, and for the for the majority of us, mindset is really the lens through which we see the world, and and it's how we interpret what's going on around us. So, for example. You can imagine, just imagine two, two people um, going to somewhere, say, like Luna Park, and they have free tickets to go on a roller coaster. So for one person, that's a an experience that they've been looking forward to for so long. They've been dying to go on this roller coaster. It's been something they've, a passion, something they've been keen to do, and they're looking forward to it. So they've got a really positive mindset there, excited about it. The other person, the idea of going on a roller coaster is horrifying. They've, ne- they've never wanted to go on anything like that. They get, they've got a fear of heights. So they're, act- they're dreading going on that roller coaster. The, the action is the same of, of going on the roller coaster. Yet those two people are approaching it with a completely different mindset. And so this, and so for them, the experience will be very different. <laughs> one will have a great time, one will love it, the other one will be counting down the second till they get off it. And so that's why mindset is so crucial because it really, it has such a big impact on how we interpret everything that's going on around us and it's, it's, it, can make something a positive experience or a negative one, as you've seen in that example.
0: Absolutely. And I must admit, I don't really like roller coasters. But <laughs> my kids love them. So but I do used to love them as a kid. And having said that, I've just come up from a holiday where I did force myself to do some those kinds of activities. And it and it is true. I kind of I wouldn't say I psyched myself up, but I certainly just went, look, this is fine. Everyone else is doing it. I'll be okay. And it was a much more pleasurable experience than I usually have. <laughs> That's,
1: so you approached it with a very different mindset by thinking what I'm just going to get through it and and not necessarily enjoy it, but you know you're going to probably thinking about the greater good and then, and knowing that the kids are going to have a good time and just and getting on with it. And so that's why mindset really makes a difference because we can you know the way the brain works, we the brain is sort of uh, designed to focus on the negative from a survival point of view. So we have to actually choose to focus on positive things and choose to make things positive a positive experience which you were doing in that example of the roller coaster and so that's why mindset really matters because of the way our brains are wired and because of the the way we're constantly sort of on the lookout for things that are going wrong our mindset if we have the mindset of focusing on things that are going well Um, It helps redress that balance of the way your mind and your brain sort of put together.
0: Absolutely. Look, you're well-versed in topics such as preventing burnout and managing your mental wellbeing during times of change. I guess behind all of this is a lot of neuroscience and some of the science-backed ways in which you know this can actually be possible. What are some of the, I guess, the most common ways that we can change our mindset from the better? You know, for example, some people have a very fixed mindset and other people have a growth mindset and obviously they serve them differently, but I imagine there's a lot of science behind that.
1: Yeah, look, the the concept of a growth mindset, which I love, was something that an American psychologist, Professor Carol Dweck, created that term. It was initially created for in this in an education setting so she looked at why do some students do really well despite having the odds stacked against them and what she found was that it was having a growth mindset was what helped those students do well when you know they might have come from a lower socioeconomic group or, or and have you know not have the same opportunities as other students and having a growth mindset of things like seeing challenges as a learning opportunity so rather than seeing it as something that you think oh god you know that you're not going to be able to overcome but you see it as an opportunity for growth so understanding that challenges are inevitable but that it's that these are moments in time where you can actually grow and flourish through through you know through a period of a challenge or yeah i think that that
0: makes sense and i think that example you gave was um you know most people will relate to that, who've done some sort of test or exam or sort of, you know, big big ticket item if you like. How do you manage, for example, bad habits? Like I know I've sort of done some work in the past with people and we talk about things like scarcity or victim mindsets. So, But a lot of that's based on, say, past experiences, past traumas, that blueprint which says, you know, like nothing ever goes well for me or of course that happened to me this way but obviously your past doesn't have to define your future. Is there a way in which we can kind of, if not reprogram ourselves, recalibrate so we can actually think differently about ourselves in different situations?
1: Yeah, so one of the things that I talk to when I go into teams and in workplaces and talk to them about um, workplace mental health or mindset, like we're talking about today, one of the things that I get them to think about are their habits and their daily habits, because again, the way the brain works and the way we create neural pathways and the way we make behaviors automatic and is doing something over and over again through consistency. You know, if, if you think of the brain like a forest and doing something creates a pathway and that's the way we create neural pathways imagine if you were walking in a in a in a forest and you you decided you want to you know create a new path that had never been walked that way before if you walked that path every day you would create a new path and the old path would grow over and the brain works exactly the same way so if you want to create new habits if you want to get out of like you said that sort of the victim mentality and have more of a growth mindset it's about what you do every day to reinforce that. And so is it the, the way you're talking to yourself? What language are you using? Is it your actions and how you're interacting with other people? Is it, you know, the things that you're doing that uh, make you feel good and really encourage you and, and really lift you up? And so it's your daily habits, the consistency of what you do over and over again and those small, really, those micro habits, you know, almost. That's what really makes a difference in terms of your mindset and how you feel. And so I talk to, I tell people, and, and, in, and in workplaces and, or, or in your personal life, it's not necessarily about these big, grand gestures, these big things that we do. It's what you're doing every single day that actually makes a difference. And so, in some ways, take the pressure off yourself to have this radical transformation of your life and think about those little small daily habits that you can change to get you where you want to go.
0: It sounds a lot like things like, you know, when people kind of try and start to exercise more regularly or eat well, it does sound like it's that incremental thing. If you do if you think it's got to be like that big thing where you do like a marathon every weekend, you're obviously going to set yourself up to fail. But if you kind of just get into that daily habit of chipping away at it, it sounds like that's something which will benefit us all long term.
1: Oh, exactly. And you know, this is the 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 way that you really can manifest big changes over time is by those little incremental uh, improvements and I think the the good thing about the incremental improvements a, they're much more achievable that you know if you say to yourself I'm going to just do something for five minutes every day chances are you will do it and then you create that neural pathway and then what happens Amber is the be- behavior becomes automatic In other words, you don't have to choose to do that action. You just do it. And and an example could be just say you want to do more meditation or deep breathing. So think about a time where you're going to have the time to do just five minutes of deep breathing or meditation and just do it every single day. And so a great time can be as soon as you wake up, you know, as soon as you wake up, before you start to check your phone and go on social media or do anything else. If you did that and just did that action, which is what I have trained myself to do, that the first thing I do when I wake up is just to do five or ten minutes of meditation. And what happens then if you do it every day is that your brain just thinks when you wake up, oh, okay, this is the time of day that she does meditation. (laughs) So you don't have to think, oh, am I motivated to do it today or not? Your brain just says, right, this is what we're doing next. Yeah, because the brain absolutely. likes to conserve energy. So it like it likes to sort of know what's coming and, and it looks for patterns. And so it says to itself, oh, okay, for the last week or two she's been doing meditation every day. I'm going to just suggest I'm going to I think that's what we're going to do next. And so that's why consistency really makes a difference. So take the pressure off yourself to transform your life in, you know, some radical way and instead think about what's the smallest change you can make. That you'll be able to stick with absolutely no I love that advice Hmm. so some of us are born with great
0: greater resilience or grit as I like to call it in my view that's sort of how I feel like I feel about myself but it's probably been habits over time is it a muscle that we can all develop though and can we train ourselves like a little bit like you know a competitive athlete to be optimal kind of do all these things in the way they eat or the way they move their body and train and so forth or is resilience something which just some people have more of? I guess what's the sort of scientific view of it?
1: Resilience is your ability to withstand what's going on around you, particularly when it comes to challenges. Or, and I think you know we are all we all do have a level of resilience, but I think often you don't realise how resilient you are until something happens when you need that resilience. And what can be helpful for people if you're going through a challenge is to look back in your own life and think about when you've been through something challenging before and the fact that you got through it. And so the fact that you got through whatever the previous challenge was means that you'll get through this challenge again. And sometimes people, I often ask that question in workshops, actually. I ask people to Think about a time or something that they've been through, and what helped them get through that. And I I do that for a number of reasons, but I do that really so that they it reminds them that they've all been through something in the past. And some people tell you know that they might have had to, they might have been fired, they might have you know lost a parent, but they and and it helps remind them of the things that really helped them get through that challenging period and that difficult time and it and it says helps people remember that they do have that resilience that they maybe might not be feeling on that particular day but it reminds them that that, that resilience is is within them
0: absolutely and no, I like that I think all of us kind of have those moments which really challenge us and even if we feel like we are quite resilient Obviously, we have to get through tough times um, however we can. So how is stress aligned with our mindset? And is simply removing stress possible or is it how we reframe it? So I'm thinking of things like you mentioned the exam situation before. Most people get nervous, but some people get debilitatingly nervous and kind of that doesn't work for them. Other people can use that stress and really focus and say, this will be over in two hours. I know what I'm doing. I just need to get through this. How do we develop, I guess, ability to deal with stress differently?
1: So our, our experience of stress can often reflect our relationship with stress. So if you, and and the research really bears this out as well. So if you see stress as something that's really bad, that, you know, it's going to be bad for your health and it's going to be bad for your physical health and mental health, then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, chances are it will be a bad experience a bit like let's use the exam example if you are if, you, if you've got to big exam coming up and you think oh god I'm this this is going to be really challenging I'm not going to do well and it's going to be so stressed I'm going to be really stressed out then chances are you will almost talk yourself into that becoming a reality whereas the flip side is if you say to yourself you know what I've got an exam coming up I know that I know this content I've been studying I've done the work I've put the hours in I know on the day that it's going to be you know a, a challenging experience but I know that I, I that I know this material and I can get through it then that if you approach it with that sort of mindset it really makes a massive difference. So our our relationship to stress really matters. Stress is not going away, and stress in and of itself is not a bad thing. Some stress is really good. If you think about as a, if you're a speaker or a performer, actually having that sort of mild stress actually makes you perform a little better. So you, if if you're not, if you have no stress, then you'd be like, oh, you wouldn't even. It's almost like you don't care you wouldn't care about the fact that you're about to stand up in front of thousands of people and give a talk. So it's in that instance, some stress is actually a, a positive thing. So thinking about stress is n- neither good or bad. It just is. It just is. And the, rea- the thing is that the more you can think about your how you're interpreting stress, recognize that it's just whatever you're going through, whatever you're doing is just something that you can get through and that you have got through other things in the past and you'll get through that as well and it really it really changes how you interpret what's going on around you and how how you cope so and that's a good thing because that's something we have control over so you can say to yourself this is an experience that i know may you know be challenging on the day but i know that i can get through it and i know that like you said in a few hours it'll all be over <laughs> It'll yeah over, like, sometimes
0: yeah. actually i did that on the roller coaster i have to tell you when we were overseas recently um you know the the kind of thing that i didn't want to do i literally had timed how long that roller coaster took and it was like less than two minutes and i thought there i can go. do anything in less than two minutes
1: <laughs> exactly so and look i am not a roller coaster person either and we've got this funny photo from when we took the kids to somewhere like movie world oh, or oh yes. like Kids, when they, they, were kids they were kids and um they they convinced me to go on what they said was like the kids roller coaster oh they always lie, <laughs> they always lie. <laughs> there's, there's a, I was absolutely horrific and there's a photo of me <laughs> on this roller coaster looking like oh I look so scared I look like I'm oh horrified you can probably still remember how you felt I, I thought it was awful the kids thought it was the funniest thing ever because it was this what you know like they literally said it was for the But the kid's
0: right, like a five-year-old could do it and there's mom freaking out.
1: (laughs) So that just showed me that it's all in your interpretation of what's going on around you. But, yes, thinking that, you know what, it was only a couple of minutes and that's probably what convinced me to get on, thinking it's only a few minutes, I'll be able to get through it. But now I have photographic evidence. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I'd like that as much. Just changing tack a little bit, what's
0: some of the best advice that you've ever been given either throughout your career or in your personal life and why is that advice really stuck with you?
1: One of the things that I told myself when I was younger was that, you know, when it comes to goal setting or things that you might want, you know, waiting for someone else to come in and, you know, provide it for you on a platter means that, It may never happen. So the the concept of sort of you make it happen is something that I've always taken on board, thinking about if you want something, it's really up to you to go and get it. If you want something, it's up to you to make it happen rather than thinking about waiting for someone else to just do it for you. So that's something that I've really tried to put into practice and also to teach, um, you know, teach my kids but also to talking to people about thinking about the things that they have control over and thinking about the actions that they can take to get them where they want to go, and and thinking about taking action, so rather than waiting for someone else.
0: Absolutely, I love that advice. If we spoke in a year's time, Sophie, what would be a big goal that you would like to have achieved,
1: and and why is it important to you? So, a big goal that I would like to achieve in twelve months would be to be, you know, this this has been a big twelve months for me this year, so I think I would really like to just build. I left a job of twenty five years. I left a house of twenty five years to move to a new house um, and building a new career um, as a speaker and and writing about mental health and mindset. I would like to feel like I've just built on that you know I feel I feel like I'm you know I've built I've built on the foundations of what I already had but I'm building something new and I would like to in twelve months feel like I've just really progressed along that trajectory and but you know what, I, my, my goal also, particularly for the next little while, is to, be more, is to be as present as possible. So I'm a great planner, list maker, you know, thinking about what we're going to be doing today and later. But I think often, often that can take you away from really focusing on the present and what's going on right now. So my goal, at least for the next little while, is to be as present as possible.
0: Right on topic as well. And just a final takeaway message for us on the politics of mindset.
1: Well, I would just say, think about the lens that you're viewing your life through. If there are aspects of it that you're not happy with, if there are things you'd like to be seeing as more positive, if you want to be ticking more success boxes, whether it's in your personal or professional life, think about the mindset and how you're approaching your day-to-day habits. And then, you know, read more about mindset. I've got lots of resources on my website that people can read about practical things you can do every day to have the the best mindset possible.
0: Thank you so much, Sophie. And of course, there are details on the show notes if you want to connect further with Sophie and find out a little bit more about what she does and what she offers. Until next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed The Politics of Everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through apple spotify and all the usual suspects i'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests so if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there please email me at amber at and my crew will get back to you very soon